You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome to episode 175 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, and I am Pimp Cron. Um, tonight we are discussing the Still Mania, which is a interesting, unique, and new and fresh way to start building your armies. I think it's kind of neat. It's from way back when, um, White Dwarf article. And we also have a email from Dean, and he discusses uh, joining Brutality and finding me again after losing me from the articles and finding the podcast and all that. It's good to hear from Dean. And we are also reviewing the Rat Killer Boss. It's a limited edition Age of Sigmar model for Iron Jaws, and it's just made to order. And we cover that whether or not we want that. What have I been up to? Well, I have been extremely sick. So that's why you'll notice this episode is going to be a little shorter than others. I'm still not feeling well at all. I think I probably got the Rona. Um, my test results are not back in yet, so from the lab. And uh, I have spent the last several days um, sleeping roughly 12 hours a day, maybe more or less, whatever. I'm trying to survive, and uh, it's really, for me, I mean, there's science drainage and stuff like that, but it's really, really tired. Just very, very tired all the time. And um, right now is no different. But I said, you know what? I, I crawled out of my bed, and my nurse was like, Mr. Wainwright, no, you can't do the podcast. You just can't. You'll die. And I said, to hell with the odds. And I I pulled my feeding tube out, and uh, I I crawled across the floor in my little hospital gown and I pulled all the tubes out of me, pulled my IV out of me and I pulled my colostomy. I pulled my, uh, catheter right out. I mean, the little balls inside you, you just like, you just ripped the whole thing out. And, uh, and I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about here, but the point is, is I was bound and determined to, record a podcast after having missed two. Can you even imagine that? I missed two podcasts. Good grief. Um, so I do have things to talk about today. I'm actually really excited about Stillmania, so hopefully you'll enjoy that too. And I am exhausted. So if you hear that I'm kind of stuffy, I don't know if you can tell that on the, on the microphone or not, but um, I'm quite stuffy, yada yada. I'm not going to go on forever about this, but the point is is that that is why this episode is short, but you still get an episode, you know? It's kind of like when you get free food at the hotel, like the Continental Breakfast. A lot of their stuff is kind of smaller than normal, but you're like, well, it's free, so, you know, whatever. I'll take it anyway. That's basically what this episode is. What have I done for fun? Uh, absolutely nothing. Um, did I go to the club this week and play with any of my friends? No, I didn't because I was not feeling well. And at that point, I didn't know what I had or whatever, but I still was not going to go spread it to my friends. So that was this. This has been my week of people. All right, I'm going to stop complaining now. Let's get on with the podcast. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. This is Tesseract Mailbox, and I have an email from Dean, and he writes, Hi, Pimpcron. Just started listening to your show. I used to read your articles years ago, but then lost you somehow. 
I went by and he gives me his handle on dis, uh, Discuss, if you remember. Anyway, I joined the Brutality Facebook group a while ago, but just started really looking into the rules. So far, it's a fun game I've played twice over the break, trying to get my roommate into it. Well, someone mentioned your podcast, and I was shocked to find that you are Pimpcron, haha. I guess I am rambling. My question is, have you ever thought of sizing Brutality up to a Warhammer-style game? I'm not sure how it would work, but I could see it being fun. My roommate doesn't care for skirmish games that much, and we were thinking it would be fun to mix AOS and 40k units in a big game. Anyway, thanks for your time, Dean. Well, thank you for reading my articles, Dean, and thank you for finding Brutality, Dean, and thank you for finding the podcast, Dean, and finally, thank you for writing in. I do appreciate it. Um, so, yes, um, I, I'm happy you're enjoying Brutality. And I have thought, I do have plans to size it up to make it a mass battle like um, Warhammer. And I've already played playtest games with it, which is pretty fun. Um, so that that is in the works. I'm going to finish the Starship one first. And uh, I'm, I'm making a Starship game for made out of Brutality. And um, it's an adaptation of the rules, really. It's not exactly like Brutality, but it's 80% the same. And I also have a new supplement that I'm going to begin working on. I mean, I've already slightly started working on it, but it's a new supplement called Career Mode um, for Brutality as well. So after those two are done, then I've got Big Mech Battles that I want to do. Um, it's probably called Brutal Mech or Brutal Kaiju. And then I've got um, Mass Battle Brutality. So all sorts of ways to play the game. Um, but I did, actually, when I played... I played my um, vampire counts versus it was mostly zombies and necromancer. I'm, I'm not sure if I had any vampires, but um, it was vampire counts versus Imperial Guard. And it was very, very fun. I also played Primaris Marines versus the zombies. And that was a lot of fun, too. Of course, it's not a one for one thing. The mechanics are very different, but... It is a lot of fun, and you can basically make any of the units if you really wanted to. So, it's it was a lot of fun. So, I'm glad you wrote in. I'm glad you found everything. I'm glad you're enjoying Brutality. Um, please feel free to chime in on the community page in the Facebook group, because we've got a pretty good community there. Everyone's pretty nice. and um, uh, But I do have that in the works. It's probably going to wait at least a year for it. So, just FYI. In the meantime, I apologize for the delay. I am only but one man. But thank you for writing in. You can reach me at pimpcron at gmail.com with two Ps or facebook.com slash pimpcron. And you can also find me at uh, pimpcron TV on YouTube as the YouTube channel for the buy the twice weekly skits. And uh, that's it. So Dean, write in whenever you feel like it. It's good to hear from you. Want that or want that not? Hey, this is Want That or Want That Not with the Pimp Crown, and today we're discussing a limited edition model for Age of Sigmar, and it's only available until, I think, 10 o'clock today, which it's already not 10 o'clock anymore, so whoopsie, um, January 9th is when it, the cutoff is, and that's when I'm recording this. Anyway, so if you haven't already got them, you're not gonna, probably, unless you're doing secondary markets. His name is Bala and Burke, Boss Rat Killers. And this is for Age of Sigmar, this is for the Iron Jaws, and he's a limited edition Warhammer um, miniature, I 
he's a boss, so I guess he's a, I guess he's a war boss. It doesn't specifically say, but it says lead your orc brutes with this characterful rat killing duo. To be honest, the whole thing kind of confuses me because I don't really know what the purpose of this. If you read it, he looks like a regular Iron Jaw. I don't think he is a boss. He's a boss rat killer, I guess. And he looks like an Iron Jaw, like one of the brutes. So I think he's like a brute sergeant, I suppose. He's got a uh, like a horned rat skull on his shoulder pad, which is kind of neat. He's holding up the head of a Skaven, which is pretty neat. He's got a grot with him that is running for its life away from a rat that's chasing him, which is pretty cute, to be honest with you. And he's standing on a piece of wood that is on top of the corpse of a Skaven rat that's crushed. And matter of fact, it might... The head that he's holding might be from its body. I can't quite tell in this picture, but... Anyway, I mean, it's it's pretty neat. It's characterful. It does tell a story, which is pretty cute. The, uh, the grot on the bottom is pretty adorable. And he does look like he's running for his life, which is a plus. And uh, there's a pretty big rat chasing him. But I don't understand really why this is a thing. Because... It's $35 for crying out loud. I, this isn't even a character to my knowledge, and he's on a big-ass 50mm base, which I don't understand that. Celebrate the festive season with this pair of green-skin rat killers, Bala and Burke, available for a limited, to- limited time only. Add some character to your Auric Brutes with Bala and Burke, Bala is a legendary slayer of Skaven, and Burke is a cunning grot that's so quick on his feet that no rat can catch him. Together, they are the premier rat-killing duo of the Mortal Realms. With this kit, you can build Bala and Burke, a brute boss, there you go, a brute boss, and his grot attendant. There are no construction options, but you may choose to leave the rat-chasing Burke off if you fancy giving him a break. Isn't that adorable? Should you wish, you could use Ball and Burke as a characterful alternative to a brute boss in games where... He's on a 50mm base, though. That's kind of my problem. It's like, he's... The regular brutes are on 40mm bases. This guy's on a 50. And he's not even... I mean, sure, he's a he's a brute sergeant, right? A brute boss, but he's not even an actual character. I don't know, man. I mean... I guess it'd be funny if you know, you constantly play a Skaven player or something, and you're like, ha-ha, look, I got this guy holding the Skaven head, ha-ha, I guess. But for $35, good gravy, like, yeah, that's almost the price of a Brute Squad. And you're going to just buy a Brute Sergeant? And also, it's like this festive time of year, what does this have to do with anything to do with Christmas? I mean, in the extreme least, it says... Celebrate the festive season. Why? What is this? I don't know. I'm getting angrier as I'm looking at it and dissecting it. The model itself is not bad. By any means. It's a really cute model. And the Grot would be worth getting and and putting on something else. I can see him in use for brutality right now. But $35. Good grief, dude. And he's just a sergeant. Okay? So basically, I already had a brute sergeant a brute boss in my brute squad. So now I'm going to pay $35, which is not that far off from a full brute squad to buy this quote unquote festive model 
to replace the brute boss that I already had. So now I have an extra brute boss laying around. I just don't. I don't understand it. It's not a bad model. $35 is pretty ridiculous for it. They claim it's festive, but it has nothing to do with Christmas. There's not a Christmas hat here. There's not a jingle bell. There's not a single thing here. I don't get it. And do rats have something to do with Christmas? I don't believe so. So all I'm saying is, is if you have $35 that you would like to literally just throw away, you've got two options. You can mail me that money. Or you can buy this miniature f to replace an existing miniature you already have. So I don't know why you're going to spend $35 more to replace a model you already own. And then you can't use that one. I, I, dude, I don't even know. I don't hate this model. But I see no purpose in it whatsoever. And at the end of the day, you got to have some purpose for spending your money for crying out loud. $35 for this. This is going to be a want that not for me. I don't care how cute Burke the Grot is being chased by that rat. It is a want that not for me. It just serves no purpose whatsoever. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. Hey, it's Real Talk with the Pimp Cron, and we are discussing Still Mania, a concept from an old white dwarf article that's been making the rounds on the internet recently. And I wanted to share it with you because it's actually pretty interesting and also reminiscent of the way that I've decided to start building my armies as well. And this is, from the looks of it, probably from 20, 30 years ago. So, his name was Nigel Stillman. That's why it's called Stillmania. And he was well known for playing in the spirit of the game. This is his personal opinion of the ultimate spirit of wargaming. And this is a list of things. First, you pick your army to just under 2,000 points. Write down the roster and never amend it again, ever. Make sure it fits the background for your army. Collect and paint the army. Give it three coats of gloss varnish, then never touch it again with a paintbrush, ever. Give every character and regiment a name. Do not even possess extra or alternative units, just stick with what you've got. Make a carrying case that fits the army exactly. Fight every battle with the same army and never change anything in it. Fight in big games with just your 2,000 points and to hell with the odds. Never vary or change your army in any way. Resist all temptation. Model every magic item on the character who carries it, no matter what it is. What you see in the army is what you get. Take that literally. Always give your opponent the benefit of the doubt. Who cares if all your opponents know your army composition by heart? Let the only surprises be your deployment and your tactical moves. Shrug off defeat, learn the lessons, and keep on practicing. Play for the fun of playing. And finally, when you win, the excellence of your generalship will be beyond doubt. So this is very reminiscent of what I've decided to do with a lot of my new armies, like my um, my Slaves to Darkness. I decided to essentially make a list, pick the units I like out of it, and don't worry about any of the other armies, units, and just do that. Paint that, and basically when I'm done, I'm done. Now, I'm not quite as stringent as Mr. Uh, Nigel Stillman here, 
he says that you should never, ever add any more units. Well, I understand where he's coming from here, but, I mean, kind of what's the fun in that? You know, at some point, I probably do want to add some new units to some of these armies, because why not? But, just like he said, I'm making my armies about 2,000 points, roughly, and that's that. That's just going to be them when they're done painted. The army's finished, and I could make a carrying case that only fits that army exactly. Um, I think it's a little extreme, what he's saying, but I get it on principle, that this army is what it is, and that's what it is, and you don't have to have a Swiss army knife, you don't have to have a utility, you know, the ability to make every sort of list ever out of one army, I completely understand that. Also, it doesn't really mention having other armies, so it's pretty easy for me to do because I have so many armies as it is. I've explained earlier in this, the podcast that I just wanted to start having certain armies that play a certain way when I feel like playing a certain way, and just, that's that. Um, so I, I'm curious to know if he had other armies. I would be surprised if he didn't, but... Um, and also, never possessing extra or alternative units... Man, that is a tough sell, because, I mean, what if you have no anti-tank? What if you have no anti-infantry? It. I wonder if, back two or three decades ago when this was written, if the game was more forgiving in that way. Because, like we all know, a LAS cannon is going to do garbage against infantry. You're going you're gonna to snipe one infantryman, and that's that. I didn't play back when this person was writing this, so I'm not certain exactly. He was definitely playing Warhammer Fantasy, because it's got a picture of him on the in the article, and uh, he's definitely playing Fantasy. But, uh, every uh, fight every battle with the same army and never change anything. That's just... That's pretty nuts. Also, this is an interesting idea. He says, fight larger battles and just stick with your 2,000 points, and to hell with the odds. And I'm like, I kind of like that. And that fits a little more with the narrative play, because... Everybody always loves, you know, narrative play to be, oh, this is just like a tournament. It really isn't. And you know, life is not like that. So I do like the idea that sometimes the odds are just not in your favor. And maybe you can give yourself a couple buffs here and there to try to even the odds, but still having overwhelming firepower on the enemy side is pretty interesting. And it certainly makes you think differently. Maybe you change what your goals are. Instead of just killing, then it's this or that, or take an objective off the board, or whatever. But I think this is... I think this is a good idea when he puts his foot in the ground, and he puts his foot down and says, okay, this is what I'm doing, and that is that. I kind of like the finality of that, to be honest with you. And it would keep a lot of us from spending too much money on an army, that's for sure. Because... If you just buy these units, then you're done. I'm also curious how this would end up with the current state of affairs where your codex is constantly changing. You know, back in this day, 20, 30 years ago when he was doing this, you had a codex for practically a decade. I mean, your codex was your codex and that was that. But nowadays, especially with FAQ changes and all that, your 2,000 points might suddenly be 2,200 points. Or your 2,000 points might suddenly be 1,600 points, depending on addition changes or FAQs or whatever. So that also doesn't entirely work. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know how practical this is for the modern player. But I do like the essence behind it, and I like the spirit of the game. Also, 
I think there is something to be said about getting to know your army very well and knowing all the units in it and knowing exactly how to play it. Um, Leroy Jenkins and I were discussing about that when he was talking about um, uh, how he had practiced his Sisters of Battle for Shorehammer, practiced and practiced and practiced, and even played against himself doing solo games and then thinking about it in the car and thinking about it at work and just, you know, thinking about it constantly and constantly playing it and going, okay, what if I ran up with all against all Terminators? What if I ran up against all Carnifexes? What if I ran up against this or that or that? Leroy said that it really helped him because by the end of it and when Shorehammer was about to happen, he had already changed his list so much because he learned that some of the things that he thought were good really weren't, you know, or, or they're not all comers sort of things. Um, they might be good against one thing, but they're not good against everything. And uh, so maybe, maybe keeping with what Leroy said and what Mr. Stillman said, what if what if you do make just an all-comers list instead of taking any sort of specialty? Maybe you have one anti-tank unit. Maybe you have one elite infantry unit. But you're not theming it, you know, in one particular way. The funny thing is about that is that it would make your odds better on average. It would make it worse against specific things, but better on average. And that is not actually what I'm doing with my armies. I am theming my armies the way I want them to be themed and actually kind of to use his words to hell with whatever's good at the time. Like for instance, my, uh, my maggot kin of Nurgle, I've decided, you know what? I'm not doing demons at all. I just want to do mortals. I don't know why, but I'm going to do mortals of Nurgle. So I've got a bunch of blight Kings and things like that. And that's just what I'm going to do. Same thing with my heat Knights of Slanesh. I'm not doing hardly any of the demons. I'm mostly doing mortals because I just think it's cool. And I think the mortals are pretty neat. So I'm going to have a bunch of the um, archers and a bunch of the new, I'm going to forget the name of the hell striders or whatever they're called. The, the new um, seekers. And um, like I said before, the main reason why I even started that army was because of that one leader on the palanquin, the big fat guy, uh, I just got him in from my store and I haven't assembled him yet, but I'm like, man, I love this model. And that was the reason for starting this whole army. And I'm going to take him in every single list, regardless of whether it makes sense or not, because that's the model that inspired the whole army. And that's what I want to take. So it does, especially when you're playing competitively and you're playing against competitive players that bring the nastiest new stuff, it does hurt and you are going to get smacked in the face doing this. But you have to admit the simplicity and the dedication to principle is pretty impressive on Mr. Nigel Stillman's part. And maybe it's something we can all strive for, you know, it would keep us certainly from buying too many models. And um, so I just thought it was interesting that, this was a very different take on what anybody treats Wargaming as nowadays. And it was somewhat similar to what I'm doing, except instead of taking all the comers lists, I am taking a themed list. But it's just interesting. It's food for thought. What do you think? Write me at pimcron at gmail.com or pimcron, uh, facebook.com slash pimcron. And thank you to my beautiful Patreon patrons for supporting the show, keeping us on the air. And thank you to GameMet.eu for supporting the show. Go over there and spend some money with them, because they're great people. I've known them for practically a decade now. 
All right, I will see you next week. Hopefully I'm feeling better.